And then on turn two, you hit them with the lightning and turn their army to ash. Welcome to episode one of X and One. Oh no, oh no, not the music again. God damn it, oh, yeah. I don't know, that music oh, slams, man. Episode one of X and One. Oh, there's a delay, someone's looping in. God damn it, Is it? I don't know, that music slams, man. <laughs> this is real dad shit. This is very powerful. Bad at technology, folks. I blame Cliff. Uh, his mic is muted. My mic was oh, muted. Oh, it's Cliff. It is Cliff. It is Cliff. It is the daddest of the, <laughs> of the group. He's got the most kids. All right. Cliff well, I'll, I'll take over for Cliff. Uh, so X and One is pretty much a show dedicated to lists for, quote, the rest of us. Uh, those that won't be winning GTs on the regular, but might fuck around with the phone list, fire cells in final. Uh, so basically, it's to quote what I said earlier uh, in the Discord, if you're trying to paint your dudes, slam games, drink some beers, and maybe win, 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 no matter what, this is the show for you. Hell yeah. The way to be. I love live tech shooting. All right. Let's see if we can unmute Cliff without unleashing the fucking dragons. He says it's not you. He says it's not him. All right. Let's find out. Oh. Oh, you, you chose to mute yourself. I can't unmute you. I don't have that power. Well, unmute yourself then, champ. What do you mean? He broke it. I don't know what he did. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do this a little bit out of order then because uh, Cliff was late to sound check, so now he has to pay the price. That's uh, right. We're, good. we're pretty much going to break uh, this uh, show up into four sections. Uh, so we're going to do a show, uh, show questions because everyone has questions about how to be like a dad and still like play this game and everything. Cause it's hard, uh, especially if you want to be like competitive on top of that, competitive to be uh, competitive in the hobby, like competitive painting or competitive, like with your event placement or just your general mindset. Um, so we're going to do show questions. Uh, I got a lot of questions about the, the orcs that I've been slamming recently. Um, Anthony and I've been doing a lot of work with uh, team USA WTC and I have about nine armies kind of in my roster. Um, but the one that's probably in my top three right now that I'm getting reps with is Orcs. Anthony's going to talk about World Eaters, who I've also been playing um, because I'm a big corn stand. Uh, and then Cliff's going to talk about LVO if he ever uh, unsorts his mic. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and punt this straight to Anthony. And we're going to go into World Eaters because, 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 because even though Orcs are the best, um, world eaters and like Karn and Berserkers and like everything corn related, those were my first models I bought like way back in like 1997, 96 time frame. So, three, yeah, <laughs> we won't say how we won't say how old I, I was. So, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and like talk to us about world eaters? And I'm like, I'll jump in there with like questions and comments as well because I've been playing yeah. uh games with your list. Yes, I love the world where we don't know how old Tim is, where he's just like this ethereal age where like he's got a kid but we don't know how old the kid is it's like this weird like how old is tim anyway um so i'm playing the fuck out of some world eaters uh they are the perfect like 
real simple game plan, real simple codex, high execution, high motor, high ceiling army. Um, they do it better than anyone. It's not close, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, they do it real good. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun playing them. It definitely catches folks off guard, which is pretty good for a like a, a sneaking into the meta list. Uh, we will get Cliff back shortly, I'm sure, while he sorts his tech life. But yeah, that's the uh, the short version, is that world leaders do it consistently, do it well, and if you do those things, we're good. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's kind of, I was having a discussion with uh, another member of WTC uh, Team USA. <laughs> good, good. Yes, Cliff. We did it! Fucking <laughs> You're still in the back seat behind us, Cliff. We're talking about world eaters, and there's no stopping uh, this train now. So I was talking with another another member of Team USA, and it was funny, man. He was like just like overthinking it. He's like, he's like, I feel like this is a good matchup. Like he's like, why is this army doing so well? Why is this list so good? I don't get it. He's like, yeah, it's got some damage, you know, but like they're they're not durable. They're like kind of fast but not insanely fast he's like their threat range caps at 23 inches i'm like oh only 23 inches i was like what happens when they get within you know 11 inches of an objective 23 inches of objective like objectives don't move you know like what then and he's like well i don't know man I'm like, he basically just like hand waved all my all like everything that i was trying to tell him and, and then i'm just sitting there kind of like a little bit exasperated and he's like He's like, oh, I don't get it. I must be missing something. I'm like, yeah, you sure are. I'm hitting you in the face with it, dude. <laughs> like, if you have, if you disrespect, um, if you disrespect the movement or the damage, or you just like have just general hubris, or if like you overthink it, like world eaters are going to like turn you out. Straight yeah. up, straight up turn you inside out. But they're not like there's no tricks. It's just like if you show up with world eaters and you play and you have like playable terrain and you play like a competent game of 40k and you like way Anthony always says you just execute yep. you it's really kind of like your game to lose at that point it's very much like an honest type army like hey i showed up i'm here to slam let's like you know let's trade a little bit let's pummel a little bit let's play some secondaries let's play some primaries and yep. if you just try to like get cute and giga brain them like you're gonna they're gonna turn your army inside out yeah Losing to world leaders is also ugly. Like, you don't lose to world leaders in a pretty manner, is my experience. When you lose to world leaders, it looks like scoring zero on primary and your secondaries are a disaster. So the differential gets real wacky when you lose to them. Uh, beating them is not pretty either because their secondaries are very difficult to stop. But losing to them is particularly like, oh, man, yeah, I'm going to walk out stand, of this with a 30. If, if you park your entire army on two objectives and then you walk away from the table and you come back... And your opponent has tabled you three three turns later, you'll have a twenty seven on the scoreboard, including paint. <laughs> Literally, you go AFK and you'll have a twenty seven. So 25. I mean, like that's that's your floor. Yeah, I love it. If you manage less, let me know. That's actually like kind of impressive. Not sure how, barring exiting to go get a massage instead of playing the game that you should be playing. That'll get you, as it turns out. So, but yeah, yeah they brought World leaders are the perfect, uh, like, in route to winning at all the things army. Or if you're just like, I don't have the time to travel 
to all the shit. I want to make an army three color minimum and play my brains out. That's world leaders. Like, get the reps, go to some events, and crush some nerds that underestimate the shit out of your monophase army. Also, fun little thing you can do, if you notice someone underestimating it, just be like, yeah, man, one face. That's all we do. <laughs> that's, that's all we got. You know, we're just going to get in there. We're going to charge you. Yep. Some 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 big Emperor Palpatine, I'm so weak energy. Just, I'm so yeah. Weak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then on turn two, you hit him with the lightning and turn their army to ash. Uh, yeah, if, Vader, I, I, I see what your comment there. The uh, the not having options for world traits and relics because of name character restrictions, it does, um, it does kind of suck because in some ways, because it you know the whole game is it's supposed to be like your dudes, uh, and so not having like those like little knobs and uh, things you can turn kind of sucks. Um, I'm not sure if this is the way they're going to go for 10th. It might be. I'm kind of hoping it's like a thing where um, just like when we lost the ability to pick our our, our spells and our litanies and stuff like that uh, at the table when we saw our matchups and we all kind of like, you know, poured one out because that was kind of a cool aspect. Um, but then six months later, we just kind of got used to it. It's gone. No sense really mourning it. It's not coming back. And then we just kind of forgot about it, and we ended up still, like, enjoying the game and having fun anyhow. Like, it is cool to, like, you know, tinker endlessly with, like, Battle Scribe, like, while you're on break at work, you know? But at the end of the day, it's, like, the actual, like, painting models, um, putting dudes on the table, seeing your boys uh, and girls, playing uh, playing with other people. Like, that is, at the end of the day, the fun part. Um, so, yeah, we'll, I'll miss that if this is the direction they'll go, but I think in the long run, I'll... I'll just get over it, I guess. I think for what it's worth, given like assuming limited design work capacity at Games Workshop, if they're putting more work onto the like interesting data sheets, interesting army mechanics, like relatively high floor for performance, you can feel good if you're new, but like, you know, high ceiling if you're quite good. I'm thinking like looking at demons um, that have the same sort of limitations on relics or warlord traits, but like cool stuff going on inside it. With the exception of Flamers and Zeech, which were outrageous. Um, yep. Uh, Imperial Guard, they're pulling back on that, although that book is also outrageous because they went way too hard. Well, that that book they gave outrageous. all the things, right? They have the yeah. Warlord traits, the relics, the this, yeah. the that. I think World Eaters is actually a like a shining example of go. being able to do less with more. more. Like, Tim's played World Eaters now, yes. but I can attest to they're fun as shit. Like, you don't have a lot of relics, you don't have a lot of Warlord traits, and it doesn't fucking matter. Woo! So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a it is a lot of fun. And also anyone who, anyone who remembers the uh the Sisters Codex from 8th edition that kind of came out like right around like yeah. LDO time frame. Sure. Part of me kind of thinks that this is like that kind of situation, you know, like compare the 8th edition Sisters Codex to like the current Sisters Codex and you can definitely see like some design um evolutions as they added like the second wave of models stuff like that um i've heard rumors to the great buying grain assault um of juggernaut calvary and butcher surgeons in the future um maybe i mean i haven't heard anything about this but like i'm you know i think most people are hoping for uh, red butcher terminators um so that seems like a pretty reasonable like three new models second wave kind of thing um yeah. So maybe, yeah, like maybe they get the second wave some point later on in 10th. 
and there's like a more like fleshed out codex at that point. So I'm just happy that my boys have a codex. Yeah, um, even though hot hot take, hot take, I think Thousand Suns, Death Guard, and World Eaters should just always be like supplements. But hey, if they want to roll them out, make their own faction codex, like fine. Yeah, I'm, we'll take I'm it. Not, not upset about it. It yeah. is hard trolling in chat. We see you. <laughs> yeah, we, we see you. Um, did you guys, because uh, I was out with my dad-related 40-year-old cattle mine technical difficulties, you guys already, people know who you are, obviously. We did not, did not do a super formal introduction if you want to hit the intros. Yes. Go for it. Yeah, all right. So, like, I'm Cliff. I'm not particularly good at 40K, but I do visualizations good, and I get yes. to talk a lot with stat check folks like Anthony and Ennis and Jeremy uh, <clears throat> and Nathan behind the scenes to make sure all that stuff happens. I also get the pleasure of talking with people with Tim, and I've been talking to him about this podcast for, like, uh, we finally were able to get him on on board, so you guys get the full Tom Pony experience. Um, I'm gonna kick it to Anthony. You need to be in person for the full Tom Pony experience. Oh, this is this is true, and I blame Tom for not uh, coming to Vegas so I could get the full Tom Pony experience. But I'll sorry, <laughs> man, it sounds like sounds like I super missed out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, Anthony, who are you? Don't be humble. I, I am, oh man, so many things now. This is such a different answer than like a year and a half ago. I am a starting player for the Team USA for WTC. Uh, I am an Art of War coach. I am a member of the OG Now stat check team because we have multiple shows, so I get to refer to it as that. Um, I am a contributor for Greenhammer. I was ranked 10 in the world last year. I was ranked 6 in the world in my first season when I was playing more aggressively in singles. I was best in faction Drakari when they were probably the most broken they've ever been. Uh, and I was best in faction for your CSM last year when people kept telling me that Emperor's Children was the best army in the game for a little bit. So I like to pick a faction or two or three sometimes and slam it real hard. Uh, and that's that's pretty much the things. Uh, I like getting real good at stuff. I don't list tinker or spiral. I like find a concept and basically don't touch it. And that's basically it. Uh, I don't do any of my hobbying, so I get to shortcut that part of the thing. Uh, thankfully, uh, I have good friends who I pay well to skip that step for me. And that's pretty much it. I play the game a lot. Uh, I simp for European events because they're better than most American ones. If that counts as a thing, uh, I think that I think that's all my stuff. Oh, and I have a, a tattoo of Team Australia on my thigh because I lost a bet. Yeah, Anthony's superhero. I've seen it. It's great. Terrible bets. Tim Penny. What are you, man? Yeah, man. Uh, some of you guys uh, might know me. I've been. Um, I've been playing the game since like second or third edition. You're like, oh, you must be pretty good, right? I'm like, eh. I'm aggressively like B minus at the game, which is like, I think fine. It's, you know, it's good. Um, I was, uh, when I joined, I basically kind of like left the game in like fourth edition, um, high school, uh, girls, sports, um, cars, that kind of stuff. And then I, I went like straight to the military and, you know, got to like travel the world and everything. And so like little fragile, expensive, like toy soldiers were never really something that I straight up quit. It's just like something my life wasn't really like in a place for. Uh, so I came back, got out of the military, um, 
got a career. I'm an air traffic controller. I work uh, down in Miami. Um, my wife and I moved out here, settled down, everything like that. And I kind of joke around, like, after we got married, as soon as the ink dried, I'm like, yeah, so I'm, like, super the Warhammer. Uh, just kind of, like, caught her. <laughs> caught her out good. Um, so she's been very – she's been, like, super accepting of that. I found a store locally, uh, started hitting the reps. That store has grown and gotten huge. Uh, we had a kind of a local contingent of competitive guys that I didn't really know, but I kind of introduced myself down with them. And then they put me in touch with, um, I guess – you know, there was a big team in Florida that was kind of combining all Florida. And I was like, oh, what's the name of this team? They said, oh, they're called Brohammer. And I was like, oh, cool. And so I joined this team, introduced myself. And apparently this was like right when like um, Lennon, Siegler, um, a few other guys, you know, um, several guys in there were basically kind of starting to rise. But like, I think some people knew who John was through BitPod. But no one really knew who Siegler was. And at the time, like, we had a separate towel chat, and he was just spitting some, like, crazy stuff that went against conventional wisdom that was out there, like, with, like, ITC and everything, you know? Like, everyone was talking about, like, big units to deny Killmore, and he was taking, like, MSU drones, basically giving up Killmore, and then, but, like, killing everything that could, like, you know, carry the end game. And so he would just basically flip the script. And it was just, like... It was really cool to see like that unconventional um, thinking. Uh, and then Brohammer, we basically decided that it had gotten too big. We'd split up uh, into smaller teams. That's when I started uh, my team, Miami Dice, uh, all the guys down here in South Florida. Uh, a bunch of the guys went to Art Awards, stuff like that. Um, and then I was kind of on my upward uh, trajectory um, for competitive 40K. And then my wife's like, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant. And right after my kid was born, hey, by the way, uh, global pandemic. And so it was just kind of like, um, grown a lot as a player, but, um, and I think I'm, I was doing really well in eighth edition and I think I'm way past that now, but I just don't really have the time to, uh, to commit to like constantly pounding out these events and everything. Uh, so a lot of events I do are local or I play with other competitive guys who do travel events and I'm like a sounding board for them. I practice, right. they go, they get exposed to stuff. They ask me like, Hey, what do you think about this matchup or that matchup? I test it out. We proxy it and everything like that. So I'm able to, between that and talking to people, I'm able to still stay plugged in and uh, finger on the pulse of the meta. Uh, and that's generally how I do it. But talking to, uh, to Cliff, you know, it's basically what spawned this idea is like, you know, I'm someone who's was competitive, but is now a dad and has less time. And I'm able, I kind of started here. Uh, and I think in some ways I'm up here, but like time-wise and commitment, like I'm now down here. So how do I maximize my time? And there's other people who are kind of like never got to that point of traveling to like 12 plus events a year, placing at majors, winning GTs, stuff like that. But it's like, I would like to at least see the top table, you know, when I'm finishing up the event, but you right. know, I have a kid or I have commitments, I have stuff like that. And that's kind of when Cliff and I came up with this idea. Yeah. It's hard to be good at Warhammer and good at a uh, work slash family slash partner slash dadding life all the same time. It is doable. <laughs> it is doable. So uh, let's roll into uh, Cliff. Talk to me about OVO, man. Yeah, man, this is a this is a little late. So for some for context, uh, two things. 
pet fluke your ways. I know it's it's actually valuable to have this sort of Zoom style chat because then I can meet people in person. They do like, oh shit, like you're big. Uh, yeah, He's yeah. so big. Uh, <laughs> he has like a solid like I think like inch or two on me. Pretty large. And yeah, that's big because Tim is all for context quite large. I know we all look like we're the same height on this camera. Surprise, they're both like a full foot taller than me. <laughs> Anthony stout though. Strong. Strong. Um yeah, so like I had not I haven't been to an event ever in my life bigger than like an RTT of like 24 people, right? Like 22, 24 people. So I was like cool LVO. Around a thousand folks, it's gonna be sick. Uh, let's slam it down and see what happens. Um, two things. This is in line with the uh, like both having a good idea of what your expectations are going into an event, any event, like your first giant LDO, your RTT, whatever it is, um, and also like planning accordingly around your personal capacity. I brought nights. Fewer decisions to make. Relatively strong. Some matchups gonna be straightforward. Um, I brought a Castellan, which to one of the questions we'll be covering later was not because it's good, <laughs> because it is not in an Imperial Knights list. There are much better options. Uh, but I had recently repainted the Plasma Cannon and just wanted to put it on the table because I had that, that guilt of like, man, I've been looking at you for like six months and like, you need some time. So knowing that I was not in any position to compete really for anything at LVO other than like get in there, slam some dice, win some games. Um, I was like, all right, I'm gonna bring the Castellan, I'm gonna bring an Aaron, I'm gonna bring um, four Armager Warglaves and two Halberds. Dad time. Realized that two things were true. One, I'd sold both Halberds and didn't realize it until the day before I was packing to go. Uh, two, my son <laughs> loves playing with giant robots and he occasionally plays robots versus dinosaurs. Took one of my Warglaves, played with it, that was broken. So <laughs> I had to. Purchase, bottle, prep, assemble, and base uh, these three armature chassis in like a day. Um, and because of a long history over the last few years of being a dad and also attempting a hobby, I like did it. I was like, we're good. This is fine. Like base coat, base coat, trim, corn red, flesh turns red, wash, base, wash the base. We're good. I even brought some grass tufts because, you know, got to keep your base standards high. Um, this was all good. They got on the table. Everything's fine. I went um, X and one, but a different flavor of it because I went two, two and one with a drop. Uh, day one. Um, oh, okay. So like two things very quickly. One, the experience. Big, big undefeated at forever energy. I'm like, oh, I'm X and one. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Um, I'm out. <laughs> uh, one, it was like, uh, like what an amazing experience to get to see like so many that I know online I've been talking to for like like years at this point, which is sick. Uh right. meeting everybody else in person with the stat check crew, sick. Talking to tons of other people from the Discord is sick. Organizationally, like without question, I was like a mature working professional, without question the worst organized thing like that I've ever been to in my life. And like that's there's not much else to sh share on that, but that's already been shared. Uh, but man, the vibe of the people was like amazing. I had great opponents. Um, but then I also like hit all these boogeymen, right? Like game one, Thousand Suns Flamers, cool. Like I know how that works out via the dashboard and what the stats look like. So we're like, we're gonna try and tough it out. I manage a tie, super pumped about it. Like uh, additional context, I had not played a game of 40K since October 15th. Like very cool. 
that's pretty good, man. Like tying <laughs> tying the boogeyman like without like any games, let alone like games against that list. That's good. I was like, oh man, uh, I'll just harass the primary over and over with these like twenty one inch movement armagers that can charge after that advance. Sick. I'll do that. Great. Uh, yeah. T sons T sons don't like mass aggressive vehicles. No. Um, right in that top score. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so hit the tie. Super fun. Great opponent. Lewis was his name. He was the man. Game two, Leagues of Votan. Double Hecatan, Emir with Berserks. <laughs> Triple Bikes. Cool. <laughs> I don't know how this goes. Did, uh, man, we are gaming today. Had, had anyone explained the uh, the Core Buster uh, combo to you before it was done to you? Oh, yeah. I like, I like wrote okay. a whole article with the math on it about how, like, okay. Uh, it is fun, like it is fun whenever you do it, and like your opponent's just looking at you, and you're like, "No, I swear, I'm not cheating. This is actually like, how it's done." <laughs> like, oh, by the way, take like twelve mortals. And I swear, I'm not cheating. By the way, like, why? Yeah. Why? Okay, fine. Uh, opponent played great. Like, blue blocked me with all the bikes, hit the Zerks in the center, objective, did all the things. Um, and this was the one game where like the Castellan connected twice, and like that did it. Like, one fortress down, turn one, dope. Second Fortress down, turn two. Cool. I'm like, we're playing a game now. I've lost two. Gaming. We're doing it. Um, so like that, won that game by like 12. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but now. Not where I thought that was trending. <laughs> yeah. Won that game. Super, super cool. Um, and like had the experience of then like as <laughs> my opponent being like, what could I have done better? I'm like. I wish I was good enough to tell you what, <laughs> what happened. I mean, I here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. It's always funny. And this is the thing, like, pro players, like, won't tell you. There's nothing more scary than, like, an average player with, like, an average or slightly above average player with, like, an average or slightly above average list who just, like, doesn't understand, like, risk analysis and just rolls hot. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. Like, where you're like, they're like, oh, surely he won't go for like these like four 10 inch charges, you know, because that's suicide. He goes for all of them and he hits all of them. And you're just kind of like, you're like, oh man. That's you're like, this is how I'm going to lose. This is how I'm going to lose. Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. is the scariest thing. Um, I, I do think you. that there was, there was an element of like just the ability to send an armager across the board like 30 inches or 28 to well, 30 inches to hit an objective is amazing. So this. This was a thing we talked about before the event, right? Because we were like, we could take a paladin, and then Mister Typhus was like, I, that that actually you're in. <laughs> yeah. And I took that to heart and said, like, Typhus knows exactly what the fuck he's talking about, so I'm going to take his advice and take this era. And yeah, look at that, I can go harass everywhere in every other the opponent's territory, pretty much every turn. Yeah, that that boy is moving. He's moving. <laughs> so um, at this point, my brain is fried, and I'm like also large my knees hurt because i didn't sit down at all for like any of this time because i'm an idiot this is my first giant event i told you before your first round i was like sit when you can you were like fuck you anthony so like (laughs) just like walking around with 230 pounds standing up for like seven hours straight cool uh so i like hit game three and i'm like "Mm, there is a spa outside the hall i could just go get a massage and drop this game (laughs) and so i did uh and that this was like power dad move I waited for my opponent to show up. I was like, hey, man, this is either good news or bad news for you. Um, I'm going to drop this game. You win. 
I'm sorry if you wanted to play a third game, but I'm sure there will be pair you if you would like to play. And I'll be back in an hour if you just want to play a game for the game, whatever. But like, this is all you. Um, uh, and he was like, yeah, cool. That's fine. Thanks a lot. It's going to be cool. He had a Disciples Bellacore list. I'm kind of sad I didn't get to see that, see how that works on the table. So peace out. 1 1 0. 1 0 1. Next day, hit OMB from the Discord. He's the man. He's got a sick Blood Angels list. He is awesome. Uh, we set up shop. I'm like, oof. <laughs> this is not, not going to go well for me. <laughs> we play out like two turns. And I was like, I don't think we need to do the rest of this because I'm pretty sure you table me and then like dominate everything. Did you get stabbed a lot? Did oh, that yeah. happen? It's like, I think I just get wrecked on everything. What's, what's your threat range? The whole, it's, it's the whole thing. It's the whole table. <laughs> oh, it's really fast. I see. Cool, cool, cool. You could back, you could backline for like a turn. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. get one. Yeah, and then you go first, and you're like, oh, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do I do? I just love. Yeah, it. if you're bringing, don't, don't backline if you're playing knights. Like you know what you're there for. Like yeah, just, I don't know. It's like no, we're going front. We're gonna hope to Gonna go like deploy on the line. Hope to go first. That's how we do it. Uh, so I lost that game. Um, Owens the man though. Great dude, great list. Uh, watch out for him, Pacific Northwest people. Um, game after that, I hit, man, this was like the classic people, like people clown on this dude, this kind of gamer, but like his list was like, man, this is, I can't deal with this at all. Not on this terrain and not on this particular mission. Like 50 Deathwing Terminators. Yep. Top carry, <laughs> bunch of Cyclone missile launchers. Um, and I've got knights, and I'm just eating 20 crack missiles of shots a turn, and like can't can't do anything. My man had nameplates. He had a story for his chaplain. He's like written down the thing. Like like dude was the man, and also absolutely clowned on me in that game. So much respect for it. Uh, and then last game, played a black templars player. Uh, gosh, I forget his name, but he was the man. Was it just like the he wasn't ready meme and you just shot him until he died? Shot him until he died. Yeah. Shot him until he died. And I won that game. And that was it. It was my LVO experience. Super fun. Um, would do a big event again and plan on doing at least five this year. That was really fun. Uh, finding the time will be challenging. However, would not do LVO ever again. <laughs> like, ever. That is a fairly common sentiment. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, that was my that was my first time out at the larger than RTT Warhammer 40k event in class. Sweet. Yeah, I tell people all the time, like, man, the GTs and the majors. I know a lot of people get intimidated, but they're so much fun. Like RTTs are fun, but GTs and majors are really fun. I mean, if I would tell anyone who hasn't gone to an event and is thinking about it, um, if you can, I mean, don't wait. Just go out there and play. It's like the same people who are like. Oh, should I bother getting to 40k with 10th edition right around the corner? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey man, I've been playing since second edition. 40k has like largely been the same going. for decades. Like, just go, yeah. just get out there and yeah. go. Don't yeah. find like some, don't find some excuse that's not real to like delay your satisfaction. Like, just go out there and do it. Yeah. But a... if you can't, if you can, like, try to go. If a GT is your first event, that's actually like really cool. There's not like a certain like level of competitiveness or readiness you have to go, like you have to be to go. Like most people are there are just like, you know, like they play like I've been to so many GTs and majors where people like they play like maybe a event or two a year, you know, yeah. like they play like maybe a game a month, you know, like there's you don't don't think you just have go. to be this tall to ride. Just go. Just go. go. You'll have fun. 
to uh, kind of hammer home like a thing that's going to be a fairly common theme for you guys, it's like don't let perfection be the enemy of progress here. Like just go do the thing. Like showing up will always be more valuable than being like, no, it must be perfect. Like perfect doesn't exist. I go to like messy events where I like barely wrote a list and my army is a nightmare all the time. Like just go do it. <laughs> Bro, I've gone to like events. I've gone to events and like just like had to play down because like I've just forgotten a model home. Yeah. I'm just like, well, okay, oops. Nineteen fifty. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Today we, we have nine. What am I going to do? Drop? Like, no, screw that. I'll just play. If you ever need reassurance? Just remember that, like, I played an LVO and beat Zinch plus Flamers and League's Botanimir double Hecaton with the Castellan. That's nice. After not playing since October and won those games, you can do it too. Go and do yeah. the thing. Yeah. The power of the power of who makes less mistakes is like a real thing. So, um, do you guys want to switch to the next topic? We're yeah. doing great on time. So I like let's, let's, let's Goff's orcs. Hear about the orcs? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the orcs. The orcs. Anthony, why aren't you playing orcs, man? Like. <sighs> There's there's such an Anthony army. Um, so generally right now, um, I'm not a starter on Team USA, but I am a prospecting slash team member. Uh, and my role right now is to be kind of like a flexible player uh, as someone who's kind of like bounced around and played a lot of stuff. I think I've played every army in the game except for Admech and Yanari. Um, Death Guard and Thousand Suns. I've played everything else like at least – at least like three or four games uh, this edition. Um, so I kind of like know everything, how, what everything does generically. Now, if, it's, if stuff has got like supplements or rules and everything, I'm not really kept up on it. Um, but that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of storage. That's a lot of money. Um, that's like, you can't, you can't just, you can't manage, you can't keep up with that much stuff. So like right now, generally, I've kind of come up with a little system myself where I just have like nine armies. And I'm kind of like, well, these are the nine armies that I'm going to try to keep in my wheelhouse at any given time. Three that I'm proficient on. Uh, three that I would just need like 10 games. And then I'd be ready to like go to an event with them. And then three where it's like, please give me a six month notice because I own this army on paper, but I don't actually own the army. I sold it a year ago, you know, like, but like, but I wouldn't mind playing it just like, but give me like a notice, you know, and that's yeah. kind of like my tears. Um, so right now for, um, we have like a whole cool thing where we show like where our faction coverage is and everything. But for WTC, I have, I have orcs, I have world eaters and I have chaos knights. And that's kind of like my main wheelhouse. Uh, below that is, um, I don't even remember like sisters, dark Eldar. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. transport but anyhow. So Anthony has got Anthony's got a Anthony's got a firm claim on uh, World Eaters right now. I've been playing them because they're like a pet fax for me. Um, they're a fast combat army. Uh, like I just need a couple reps, just to kind of like learn the rules, like roll some activations, get the muscle memory. But I'm like after like after about like five or six games, I'm kind of like okay, I know what, I know what's happening here. So I like you know orcs. I need more reps. Um, it's a typical goth pressure list uh, from top to bottom. Uh, it is all goths, uh, no force org. It's a uh, rut herd, uh, two war bosses. One's a squid boss, one's a foot boss. Um, yeah. Three, sorry, two units of beast snaggers, three units of grots, 20 storm boys with the power claws, 15 commandos with power claws. Um, 
four squig riders, four squig riders, three squig riders, all with bomb squigs, because that is probably one of the most overpowered tools uh-huh. in all 40k, and everyone's sleeping on it. It sure um, is. Yep. And two kill rigs, uh, with both with the same spell loadout, because I don't like to think. Uh, and then a truck with the funny tires to make it go fast. And I th- want to say that's it. It's really simple. You stay. Oh, and uh, how can I forget? Um, a unit of four killer cans with scorches. Your babies. Amazing. Beautiful boys. Amazing. Babies. I love them. But I, I put the list on the table, and people were like, okay, sh- show me your list, man. This is like 3,000 points. I'm like, no, I swear, man. This is like 2,000. <laughs> Yeah. They're like they're like no it's not no it's not this is like a three thousand point list like I swear to God, uh, it's real simple. Uh, you take um, you basically take your uh, green tide. You take uh, get the good bits, and the third you just wing it. You stage turn one, stage two, you just smash into them like the green fist of Gork. <laughs> and then if there's anything left after that, anything at all, like while they're trying to like deal with you, then like that's when the two war bosses of the kill cans come out to play. And that point, at that point, they're playing with scraps, and then you have these two like avatars of Gork and Mork, and then like these random Robo boys, and it's just it's just way too much. <laughs> the raw accuracy. <laughs> hey man, I love my stompy robots, man. I know what I'm yeah, about. I love, it. I love fast melee, yeah. and I love undercosted vehicle spam. Tim, can you talk about why you think the squig the squig bombs are underrated and slash what's going on with those guys? Uh, okay, so basically this is kind of my premise on orc shooting. Um, orc shooting is barely, 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 barely balanced by the low weapon skill of orcs. Uh, so you have, at like, at best, you have, like, grots who don't get any sort of, like, usually don't have core, they usually don't have, like, um, clan cultures or stuff like that, and their ballistics go four. And if you're shooting through dense or whatever, now you're hitting on fives. Rerolls don't really exist in the army, and if you're shooting with orcs, uh, you're hitting on fives, potentially sixes. Again, not really like rerolls or whatever, but just the sheer insane stats on these guns are just absolutely insane. So you can like high roll people. Um, so when I was looking at this, I was like, well, I could take a thousand points of shooting and be kind of like, you know, a decent gun line. Or I can condense it down, and I could take uh, 2d3 auto-hitting last cannon shots, which to go from five, sometimes hitting on sixes, to 100% hit rate. And I'm not talking about, like, twos real on ones type 100%. I'm talking about, like, no kidding, like, you cannot miss. You will hit straight up. Um, and then squig bombs, which are functionally bliss skill three, that ignore modifiers, bliss skill two if you're a vehicle. Uh, and then they, they there's so many reliability checks they skip. I don't care about your dense cover. I don't care about your regular cover. I don't care about your toughness. You know, like it's just you take mortals. Uh, you don't. They ignore lookout, sir. They ignore line of sight. I could be in combat. You could be in combat. We could both be in combat. Like it doesn't matter. Like as long as I'm eligible to shoot, like you're eating a bomb squig. They so, ignore lookout, sir. Is so fucking rude. It's so it's so good. And WTC rules that you can release them from a uh, with, from a truck when you're open top. I don't. I personally don't. Ag- I don't agree with what? that because I don't. I don't agree with it for WTC games. I'll take it. Me personally, call it a hang up. I don't play like that because as soon as you start to make the argument that it's a shooting attack, yeah, not, you open yourself up to losing all the things that actually like make it really good and worth taking. 
Um, but any list I run is going to run anywhere from like three to five of those bad boys. Uh, and then usually I supplement it with volume shooting with Scorchas, who again um, ignore the Blisk skill that works have because they roll a number of shots and they hit. So between that and then Frazzle and Squiggly Curse, which are absolutely cranked powers, I actually have like a lot of ways to like really do damage to you before like I slam into you with a bunch of like strength seven, strength nine, strength twelve idiots. Yeah, so, the ramming speed's no joke too, right? Yeah, ramming speed is no joke. I usually will do that with a um, with one of the kill rigs. Um, I'll definitely do it with um, one of the with the killer cans. Usually, when they come in, they'll come in, they'll flame, then they'll then they'll ramming speed into something. Uh, there's a variant of this list I wrote where I drop I drop two squid hog riders and I drop um, I drop one killer can. I drop the squid boss and I actually bring two planes. Um, two DAC jets, one with the DAC jet upgrade where it's doing like 48 shots if I hit the six when I activate it, and then a regular one because the regular one's like 100 points, and then you spend like an extra, like I think, like 10 or 20 just to bump it up to like 40 something shots. Oh, geez. it's a lot of shots. I actually didn't like orc planes before, um, because everyone else that was running planes had a way to, to put them in reserves for free after they saw who went first, whereas orcs, you had to kind of guess it. You're like, oh, I'm a little bit scared of this matchup. I'm going to spend CP to put them in reserves. Meanwhile, all your strats cost two CP. And then you'd end up rolling and going first anyhow. And you're like, well, this feels terrible. Yeah. you know. Or you'll just like gut check it, and then you'll lose your planes. So now everyone starts off the board. Um, so you're relatively kind of like on an even level. And not only that, but like you start off the board for free. So it's like kind of like a boom-boom buff to like orc shooting. And the best part is, is now with um, WOG giving your vehicles a five up as well, you basically have a custom force field that you just have to pay for and cluster up around this one guy. Well, now you get it army wide. So ideally, the, the play pattern is you're reducing your footprint, you're staging, you're moving up, you're trying to get your um, disembark, your fast units, your storm boys within threat range to start pressuring those midfield objectives and moving to center field turn two. And then when turn two happens, you call the WOG, Everyone disembarks. The killers are advancing and charging. Uh, your truck boys are now like eight, like they're a table over because like they have just like you know like flipped onto like the next. They're like in round four while you're still in round two. <laughs> the, planes, the planes have shown up. The killer cans have shown up. Everyone has a five minute bomb. Everything has ramshack. Well, you're getting charged. You're getting shot. You're getting bomb squid. You're getting like psychic power. You're getting last canned. And it's just like absolute overload. And now like you're in the middle of the board. You're launching, you're scoring 12s and 8s, and they're trying to push back. They're just trying to survive, let alone score primary. And they're scoring like zeros, fours, and eights while you're scoring 12s and 8s. And you can just kind of keep that up while you're scoring all the secondaries. And then having those little bit of extra vehicles gives you enough extra oomph that you actually don't get like table turn five. That's right. pretty much all that list plays. I think that a uh, big thing with that and a thing that'll like cycle into this later is that like when you can. When you're in a position where you can get a lot of reps, you can become very comfortable in like fairly chaotic game states, and you're just chilling. This is just a Tuesday for you. We make madness happen as orcs or as world leaders or as this and that. And your opponent's out there trying to like big brain stuff or like get crazy and do all this stuff, and you're just like, yeah, man, this is chaos. This is what we do on this turn. Good luck. And you have to make hundreds of decisions in a game of 40k. Adding a couple hundred more increases the likeliness that your opponent will break along the way, and you can just watch for the break and be like, and there. Thank you. That'll be a win. 
it was it was funny. It was actually getting out of my comfort zone and um, going from sisters to sisters and dark angels, um, where they kind of like missile out and they just take a unit every single turn. Uh, going from and they're very fragile. Going from that to playing like knights on the regular is kind of like what got me a little bit out of my comfort zone, getting used to getting shot, getting charged, and kind of like um, mixing it up in the center. But being exposed and being vulnerable. And so the biggest the, the biggest thing I feel is just not letting yourself get nickel and dimed um turn one. It doesn't I know it doesn't seem like a lot if like this guy takes this guy this unit loses two or three models, this vehicle loses like three or four wounds. But free damage like for your opponent's perspective, free damage equals free wins. Um we used yep. to say that a lot a lot of competitive video games. Um I was a big um World of Tanks player for a long time. And that was the thing they always said. They said free da- free damage is free wins. Free damage is free wins. If you were able to just get like chip damage in the beginning when everyone was like staging and moving into position and you weren't taking damage back, you didn't really have to push that and go for kills. That would manifest itself 20 minutes later when you start getting the mid and the end game. And I found very much, um, unless you have like Space Marine Apothecaries or some sort of mechanic like that, that's generically true in 40k as well. Um, so you really, really, really with this list, you want to avoid chip damage. I usually don't expose anything except for the, maybe the truck boys turn one. And they're actually just going, they're just trying to detonate screens maybe. And then like maybe tag stuff. So that way next turn, it can't do actions or something like that, you know, or just like basically prevent it, put stuff in combat. So now it can't advance. It can't charge that kind of thing. Um, and so it's just these little small intangibles of uh disrupting my opponent um people really... god sorry i was gonna say that was that was really it it's cheap it's fast it, it uh it's cool and it has wog um and a lot of times i sometimes i'll keep it for the long term but like sometimes especially with the squig high tires um it's just fast enough on its own yeah i think people underestimate the value in removing your opponents like play the mission elements when you're playing an aggressive army like this the ability to just go up and be like and you have four less units of chaff now your turn Oh no, I traded down on points. It's like, what are you going to play the game with? Right. I'm in the midfield and you have four less units. Yeah, you killed my two that did that as an example in World Leaders. But like, yeah, go on. Hold the objective with your 500 point crisis unit. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Cliff, do you have any questions or uh, did you want to like roll into show questions? I actually feel like show questions are going to like launch a lot of discussion of like what we're trying to do with this show. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Sure. I almost want, oh man, I want that world eaters vibe though. But you guys already did the world eaters stuff, right? So we're good. Cool. Yeah, we, uh, we I, got the, I got the questions pulled up. Uh, let's see. What's that this is? one is definitely from a different show. Let me find where our starts. Uh, this one is from Derek. Said, uh, if I recall, Tom said he's going to Adepticon. So, Tim, how much alcohol do you want access to at Adepticon? And what's the cheapest stuff you're willing to drink if it gets stuck in? Hey man, uh, let's get fucking weird. I'm only gonna be there for like a day, so and half the reason I'm going is to see you and Nick. So let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Dan, are you? Am I misremembering? Are you at one point hosting the Our War podcast? Uh, I was. Um, that was came from me working with John London a lot, um, and I knew Nick um, um, from before. And I guess uh, they had some. I'm I'm drawing a blank on um, the last podcast host. This was 
pre-COVID and it feels like forever ago um, or the start of COVID. Um, and they basically, they needed, a, they needed a new host. And I was having pretty good success with Florida Man 40K at the time. Uh, and so they reached out and they asked me and I said, yes. Um, it was a little more, it was a little more structured than I like. Um, I think that's kind of like why they've had like a rotation of hosts going in because you're literally, you're kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again. But it was kind of it was kind of a good way to uh, you know network and and get exposure and that kind of stuff. It was it was really great to work with Nick. Uh, love working with Nick. Um, but I definitely think I prefer podcasts like this with a little more open ended. Yeah. Uh, Frank, do you ever feel guilty or remorseful about buying stuff that has never seen play or been painted? How do you wrestle on move on with that feeling? And I asked him to expand. And he basically said, I basically bought 2,000 points of custodies a month after my daughter was born to have something new to paint and work on. Uh, then I got hyped because they ended up being super good. But then they got nerfed for the RTT I was going to bring them to. So they basically sat on the sh uh, shelf since purchase and never saw in real life play. And now I'm not quite sure what to do with them since they take up valuable limited storage space. And I don't really have a desire to play them anytime soon. Uh, I'm going to kick this one to Cliff. Yeah. And then maybe maybe Anthony can only answer half of this because he doesn't have some more models. But I'm gonna kick this one to Cliff, and then I'll kind of bounce back off that. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's sort of like two underlying realities. I think there. One, um, when you when your family expands, your time, your free time plummets. So you're just like, especially early on, right? Like your the time that you do have, you're exhausted. Um, you've got to support your partner. You're trying to be there for your kid. Um, it just sort of like goes down. So there's an understanding that like what may have like a 2000 point custodies army may have previously taken you like two weeks to paint up to a reasonably good spot. Um, and like now you're looking at like two months, maybe, especially early on with the baby. Um, I think because of my understanding of like what my competitive ceiling likely is, this take might be a little bit different, but like, if you love an army and love the way in theory it plays and its theme, um, you'll get to it eventually, right? Like you'll get there, you'll paint them, they'll be fun. Um, as of right now, for example, like custodies are quite good and like you should run them. Um, they're, they're a perfect X in one candidate. Um, the other part of it though is like, like don't be scared if you're like, eh, this, like this no longer brings me joy. And you know that to be true, like ditch it, ditch that army. People will buy it. There's so many places online, like for to offload things secondhand. Our Discord being one of them. Painted, um, and someone can just like play it now. Yeah, yeah. Like, feel free to do it. Um, on the other hand, like, I think I think Tim's in this place too. Things that I've like painted and hobbied up, even if I'm not necessarily interested in it at the time, like, I'm probably not going to toss that. Like, I cared enough about it at some point. I'm likely to care about it again, but. Things are just sitting in boxes, taking up space, like off, off it goes and don't feel bad about it. Yeah. That's my golden rule. Uh, even when I feel really compelled to break it, I just remind myself that I came up with that rule for a reason. The rule is basically if it is painted, I don't sell it. I just don't. Um, I might, there's, I have some models where I just straight up love to tell them on. Uh, I have some models where I just straight up like don't own the army for it anymore. I just have like a handful of models because it just ended up I ended up biting off more than I could chew, and then I just had to sell it because uh, it was just like, well, I'm 
clearly not going to get around to, you know, either it was like ADD and I bought it and I, I hit that dopamine rush and then I just, something else caught my attention or just things happened and I just didn't quite get it up and running for an event and then I missed the boat. Um, that kind of stuff happens. Um, just keep in mind the last time you missed a boat because of hobby lag and just how that felt. Um, that's that's half the reason why you don't want to sell anything that's painted because when it becomes good again, that's less hobby lag you'll have. You'll just be ready to go or you'll have less stuff to paint. But if you're constantly selling painted stuff and then rebuying it, now you have to rebuild it, now you have to repaint it and stuff like that, you're constantly you're going to be missing the boat more often than you're not. Some of these armies, like depending on like when in the balance cycle they are, or how egregious they are, stuff like that, you're gonna. Some of these armies are flashes in the pan, you know, where it's like, hey, you have a month, or it's like, yep. absolute power. Other ones are a little more dragged out, you know, like either the power isn't obvious or GW misidentifies what makes them strong. Or they um, drop right? on a balance data slate. Yeah, add like Admech Jakari. It was like half measure, half measure. Um, nuclear option you know like that kind of stuff you know um but then they they, they usually pull them back like admec are a good army now orcs are a great army now uh yeah. custodies are back to being where they are arguably a little bit stronger but they're just kind of being masked by other things being more oppressive um yep. but still a great army so like that's the other thing is like things that were bad become good again so identifying either something that like grounds you to the army whether it's like the faction lore or the play style or stuff like that because i don't i don't really feel super 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 tied to one any one army for lore reason i'm kind of i like 40k lore more than i like like a faction's lore if i just want like more and that kind of stuff i'll go read a fucking book um i like to play the game i like the play style i like the crunch you know i can enjoy my lore other ways you know with like painting and like the reading and like memes and that kind of stuff you know when it actually comes to the table i don't really feel like that lore connection but some people do if that's what ties you to it that's what ties to it but the other thing is um you can kind of recoup if you if you wait for deals if you buy used models if you buy the bundle sets uh if you sell your used stuff on ebay you can generally keep the cost of this hobby relatively low after that initial investment um as long as you're not like growing past it you know you like okay i have three armies at any one time i'm going to be playing one building a second and then selling the third one you just keep that rotation you know and as long as you're not expanding to four armies you can kind of like keep cycling your funds in and out um the thing is, when you're painting for yourself, you don't get paid for that time. So anytime you sell a painted model, you're losing money, essentially, because of the time. You're not getting reps. You're not getting paid for it. You're not commissioning for someone else. Um, and that's time you could be spending playing games and getting better at the game. And you're just not. So that's my piece on it. Makes sense. Living that market PvP life. Yeah, market exactly. Uh, let's go to the next question. Actually... Close up pins. You what army? What I know. What army has? Well, it's just the gray on gray Discord menu. Uh, what army has the most and least daddy energy? We talking about like? Wait, are we talking about dad energy or daddy? Yeah, energy? Yeah. There's, I think it was. The second <laughs> one. And I mean, there's the, there's definitely some armies with like zaddy energy. That's for sure. I mean, like cus <laughs> custodies, maybe orcs, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
let's make this a two-part question um like dad energy as in like what armies are the are dads most likely to be playing versus what, like what, armies, what armies should you be playing yeah what are the new balances of 40k tim <laughs> i'll tell you every time i've gone to an event every time i've gone to an event i pulled around one opponent and he's like yeah by the way my son is playing in this event you know he has always been playing like ultramarines <laughs> Guard or orcs without fail, like those three, yep. and then if it's like ultramarines, it's turbo dad. I'm talking about like pleated khakis, he's got like the bone clip, it's awesome. Shout <laughs> out to pleated khakis. No, no hate for you if you show up to the event. No, no hate, but like but also, they, they always have like they always they always have like that military, they always have like that military horseshoe cut, you know. I'm yeah. just like, uh, I'm like it's, it's an actual ultramarine you on their head, I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. Wow. I respect respect it, um, but that's my answer. Ultramarines guard and uh, orcs. Yeah, those are definitely those are, ultramarines. Ultramarines especially feel like the new balances of 40k. That's legit. Yeah, bro, they keep their lawn like Codex compliant, man. Yeah, that's they true. Flip their they flip their burgers at the Codex dictated like three and a half minutes. They don't press down because that releases all the juice. You know? <laughs> no smash burgers in here. Um, I think so. If you're thinking about as a dad of two children under five. The armies that are most amenable with like your availability of time and conversely your ability to like go and slam games fast, uh, it's got to be knights of both flavors. Um, you can model them up quickly; they'll look good. You'll get time. You'll have fun. Um, then custodies again, like you've got access to gold spray paint in either rattle can or airbrush form, and some brown wash. Like you're good. Your gaming, they'll be up and at it. Um, think of other like relatively low time commitment. I don't, so here's the thing: you can build a big boy time list with like most of the factions in the game. Like you can slam four greater demons on the table and have a good time, and like go three and two, maybe four and one. Um, Thick city was a vibe for a long time. You can slam a bunch of custodies dreads on a table. You can slam a bunch of Iron Hands vehicles on the table right now. That's actually like just dumb. <laughs> dumb. We do not, we can neither confirm nor deny the fact that you can slam three Reapers. I am not gonna make plus I'm not gonna make any I'm making no promises on the shelf life of that list. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna be around long, but like you can put it up, you can get it up pretty fast um, and have a really good time for like the next four weeks or so. Um, I think I've learned a lot about you two from this comment. <laughs> Accurate. Good. Go ahead. Go ahead, Anthony. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah. This is so. The comment is Cliff's just advocating for all the big stompy robots because he is a big stompy robot, <laughs> and I think this is more accurate than I'm willing to admit because all the armies that I enjoy the most are like a bunch of medium-sized dudes that hit you real hard in the face. And I feel very attacked right now. Like if your army's got three or four wound dudes with a femur pain that hit above their pay grade, I'm really excited and I'm feeling all sorts of ways right now. God damn it, Luke. <laughs> no, the army is me the whole time. Why? No. I definitely like it when something when something big is like just slightly faster than it should be, and it's like five feet closer than you expected it to be in a blink of an eye. And you're like, Ooh. 
Yeah. You yeah. Open, you open up your cabinet and like on there, you know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big uh, big NFL lineman energy where they're real quick for like twenty yards, and you're like, why are you that fast? Yeah. yeah. Nothing that big should be that fast. Yeah. No. Right. Uh, next question. Uh, travel ticks. Travel tips and hacks for flying to tourneys. Um, Tim put me on for this. That's so that's like more like the like advanced like collegiate level stuff. Um, (laughs) But I don't. So for the armies themselves, uh, don't don't check your army. Just don't. Got Um, it. I know. No. There'll always there always be like one out of every ten people who like are like, oh, I have my way. That's always worked. I've never broken my army. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, bro, it's just. I'm sure it works. That's fine. But like whoever you give that advice to, they're asking for advice because they haven't done this before. They will fuck it up and then they'll break their army. They'll be sad. That'll be, that'll be because you gave them that advice. You know, like (laughs) that's something that like, once you no longer need advice, like you can try to like figure out like how to put your stuff in your luggage, wrap it in your, in your nasty ass drawers and then like not get it lost. If that's how you want to live your life, like I'm not going to stop you. Um, But I've seen those luggage handlers, like just windmill slam cases, like onto those conveyor belts. I've seen those conveyor belts, the rollers grab the pieces of the luggage and just like rip it apart. It's that the little vibrations, you know, if you don't have enough foam or padding, or if you're like, whatever, like that can like also just cause your stuff to fall apart, even if it doesn't take any trauma, Uh, you know, or you can just show up to the vent and they're like, Oh, sorry. um, Your, your luggage, when you made that connection, like you went on plane a, your luggage went on plane B, sorry. You know, and now you're just at the event without an army, and they're like, "Cool." Yeah, don't take that risk. Please. The crusade case, yeah, it's, it, overhead. Like, you can. It's not worth it. Um, four, three, yeah. two. Battle phone. The battle phone cases are sick. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of good cases out there. Um, I have, uh, I have the Citadel one, which I think is like okay. Um, I have the battle phone four thirty two. Not trying to like. You know, plug any specific brands or anything, but it is it is them. literally, yeah, we're not sponsored by them. It's it's literally <laughs> meets the right. It literally meets the regulations for carry on. And then if you're cheaping out and you're not getting the um the early boarding, then chances are by the time you board, like overhead bins are going to be full because people are putting like their huge jackets there. To, even though it's going to be like seventy degrees, like wherever you're going, people will bring like their wear jackets, so the overhead coat overhead bins will be full, but it fits underneath your seat. If it fits underneath your seat, they won't ask you to gate check it, which is what you're trying to avoid here. And then if that's not quite big enough for your army, you can then also take a 216 because you're allowed one carry-on item and one personal item. Uh, The 432 is the size for a carry-on item. The 216 is like the size of a uh, laptop bag, and it qualifies as a carry-on item. And no matter how full the overhead bins is, are you'll always be able to find room to put the 216 in there so if you take those two you should fit 90 percent of the armies in the game maybe not that space marines list with all the vehicles but like you'll fit anything else so that's my recommendation to um general general travel things there's like two credit cards you should aim for one of them is context dependent wherever you live figure out what the nearest hub is so like in atlanta it's delta for me, it's Philly, it's American Airlines. Find the card, the credit card that they give out that gives you the automatic like group one priority boarding thing. Get that card when they've got high like miles rewards bonus thing on it uh, and use it. And now you get to check your bag that you are, that has all your clothes and whatnot in it for free. Get on the plane first. Uh, usually get access to some sort of lounge, you're good to go. The other thing, if you can swing it, is like, 
get an American Express Platinum card because you get access to a Centurion Lounge. And those are in a bunch of different airports in the US and internationally. And like showing up to the airport and chilling in there for like a half hour or an hour and like eating some food, having a drink. Cliff is flexing that tax bracket on us. <laughs> Flex. So strong. Um, like, 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 I'm, not full, I'm not full in life, bitches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but yeah. If, you can do, if you can do it, I'm going to do uh, yeah, same thing. I I put Anthony on this. Um, I kind of told like it's it sounds complicated if you've never done it before. But if you are traveling to a lot of events, especially if you're traveling to overseas events, um, it's probably and if you're if you're decent with money, or if you're like can be trusted with a credit card without like immediately ruining your life, um, then I would recommend finding one of those cards that gives you like the reward points and everything like that. I showed Anthony. We talked about because we were talking about traveling to WTC and then also London GT. And uh, it's kind of like, hey, find a credit card that gives you good points. This is my recommendation. I think I recommended him the uh, Chase Sapphire yeah. and yeah. find airlines Great. that it works with. Yeah. And basically, you buy your ticket with the points, you put in your freaking flyer number, then you transfer the points from the credit card to the airline because they're a partner. Now you basically double dipped off the same flight. I'm flying four people out to Belgium this summer and then six people out to London this fall. So I was like, give me those points. Yeah. So hope, hopefully I'll pay for hotels or some other place. What, what even originally made me look at it is you were like, yeah, I paid for the flights to Belgium. Now I don't pay for any domestic flights for the rest of the year. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? <laughs> like slow down and explain that real slow. <laughs> like the and honestly i expected this to be like real complicated adulting shit and this is the part where i'm not on the x and one dad show uh and it took me like 20 minutes and i was like oh i need to do stuff like that more often because <laughs> that's a yeah. whole bunch of money saved for very little effort yeah. free flights yeah i'm sure i'm sure there's like i'm sure there's ways to do it more efficiently but it was kind of like i figured out the the wave tops of it i'm like cool. yeah. i'm infinitely better off than i was before i knew how to do this tim got the x in one plan for flights gotta do it limited time all right next uh question horde versus this kind of uh this kind of dovetailed into what clip was saying earlier about the big boy time armies and custodies horde versus elite armies when you have less time to practice elite or less hobby time but maybe more can't talk intricacy in uh, I just got my Invisalign taken off. Uh, intricacy in playing and vice versa. I'm trying to learn how to talk again. Um, I'm a big horde. I definitely prefer horde armies. Cliff definitely prefers big boy time armies. So this will be a uh, a fun discussion. Cliff, why don't you uh, why don't you go ahead and continue to talk about the uh, knights and custodians? Yeah. So I mean, this is my my general take. I would like to play a game, and like Anthony will hammer this into your head if you are one of his clients like i don't want to put myself in a position knowing that i have limited time to practice and limited experience to make mistakes like i want to make somewhere between 20 to 30 decisions a turn and like maybe mess up one maybe but otherwise you like i picked the right targets i moved to the right places i had the right plan i executed it into what Tom was talking about earlier with his work list, like I'm now putting it on you, big brain man, and on you, big brain lady, to like figure it out. Like, here is the problem. Can you solve it? Yes or no? Because like I'm not gonna mess up on my end because my plan is extremely simple. <laughs> and if you're coming in with a high level of complexity, it's gonna be more difficult for you. There's probably 
I don't know because I like like I would love to play a horde like Imperial Guard army. That would be sick. It would look it would look super fun. I will never have the time to paint like 200 infantry models the way that I'm gonna paint 400 boots, Cliff. Yeah, like I'm just not. That's not. I'm not gonna do that, and I know that, and I know that about myself. So um, that's just not my vibe. But I also play multiple factions. So like, if I only play one thing, then yeah, then you can get. I think then you can get after it. But I max out around Death Watch in terms of number of models and complexity. Speaking of, I'm a big. I'm a big fan of, uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of hordes. I love the big stomping robots too. But if I'm actually kind of like, you know, I don't want to say tryharding, but like if I'm, you know, if I'm really here to like, you know, like put like try to be contention for like a podium or something like that. Um, generically, and there's there's two types of hordes. There's hordes where you're just like literally you're running like 150 plus 200 models, and you do just enough damage to hurt your opponent but not kill them and the idea is that you're basically just passively scoring and you're just like hurting their ability to actually reduce your numbers to the point where then they can start affecting primary or secondary stop you from doing what you're doing and then there's um baby hordes i guess i don't know if there's really an archetype for it that's what i prefer when you're kind of like in the neighborhood of like 80 to 120 models which is where a lot of my lists run um Anyone who has played against like my sisters or my dark angels or my um, my orcs, they're all kind of the same thing. And this is also kind of like how I keep proficient on multiple armies is because newsflash, all my armies play the same. It's just memorizing like kind of like the stats, uh, the stats and the uh, stratagems and that kind of stuff. And most armies also usually, except for the new orc stuff where they have like a trench coat full of weapons every time they activate. They generally like that faction has like a standard stat line, like a standard sister stat line, a standard orc stat line, a standard dark elder stat line, and then you just kind of have to remember like what what weapons they have that kind of like adds or subtracts to that, or like is the exception to that, and you can like remember about ninety percent of it, and that's generally how I do it. And I just the other stuff that I don't remember, I just kind of hope it like never comes into combat and like it never like comes up. Like every time someone gets like my grots into combat, like during a log turn or stuff like that, I'm just like, you know, like I was hoping this wouldn't come up, you know. Um or like a back when I used to have a homunculus in my list who I haven't ran forever. I used to groan whenever that guy got into combat because like now I have to look up his eight weapons, which don't even matter because they're all super ineffective. But generically, you play armies that are the same. It's real easy to swap. Um, I'm kind of going off on tangent a little bit, but the reason I like hordes is because hordes and MSU armies just naturally kind of play the current form of 40k very well, even if they have bad rules. And when they have good rules, when they have good rules, it's very, very, very noticeable. Most elite armies they need their rules to be extremely good slash cracked to like maintain parity with the rest of the game because you're paying there's like diminishing returns on what your points are getting you like yeah you're getting more durable you're hitting hard but when you actually like break it down on the amount of stats you're getting the curve kind of goes like this you know on how much you're paying per stat you're getting so even though you have 2000 points and even though your individual models are more durable or are higher quality there's a diminishing returns there and you not in addition to the fact you 
can't be everywhere. And that only gets worse as you lose models. That's why stuff like Unleash the Lions for Custodies is a crack stratagem for that army because it allows you to kind of like delay yeah. that attrition by spreading, you know, and that's just what hordes or MSU armies do naturally. And so then you have stuff like, you know, uh, MSU armies that play with transports and they, you know, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm splitting like cockroaches and then over here you got to shoot and you got to kill his transport. And then like two units fall out and a character behind them. And it's like, okay, well now I got to clear both units or get both units like below three. Now I got to kill the character. Oh, it's a sister's character. Like she stands up, you know, it's just like, it's like a whole pain, you know, like, and you can do that over and over and over again while you're also pushing stuff in your, in your opponent's face. Cause you have enough material to pressure them while also just making it not worth their time to really kind of put their limited resources into your backfield, um, which is something that like elite armies can't really do. That takes a lot of reps and it does take a lot of hobby time to get there. But if you have multiple armies, you can kind of like have like your armies you practice with and your armies that are like permanently on your paint desk, like getting ready. I have a world eaters army that like half of it is here, half of it is not. And then I have full disclosure. It's mostly printed. But I have like a practice World Eaters army that literally is just like not come out of my car. And ever since the leaks came out, I've just been getting reps with that. And then as soon as my army is painted, that that uh, proxy army is either going to get donated or chucked in the trash or I'm going to give it to my kid or something. Like, I don't know. But that's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm basically doing two things at once by practicing and painting the same army in two different places. Yeah, it's huge. The failsafe. Anthony, how do you feel about, I think World Eaters is like, I don't know, for lots of reasons, I think it's like a phenomenally well-designed book slash army, both from like a hobby preparation perspective and a like, you can do well with this if you play with a relatively straightforward plan. And also if you're like a gentleman scholar of the game. Uh, it's a, it's my favorite army at night. It's the best army to like if you're assuming that like it's not the best army to learn the game with i think that's something that like plays in most of the phases it's probably the best way to like have an idea of what's going on maybe skip the psychic phase because that's for book reading nerds but like the the best way to like really make sure that you're like have game plan execute game plan is with armies like this i talk about this a lot that like world leaders are strong so they make a good army to learn the game on because when you fuck up in a game you could be like oh that was me this guy right here did that i'm not like i didn't lose because i was like i really like i didn't lie to myself and i wasn't like i really like stern guard vets and then i took my stern guard vets and they got blown out and then i was like well i lost the game because my hundred point unit like there's no built-in excuse with world leaders because they have four units and if you take the good ones you'll just do well just making sure that you're doing well is built back into you because like you only got four units bro use your four units take a bunch of them like world leaders do like the horde thing and the elite thing kind of at the same time because you have a lot of units right like I, that list has like 12 credible threats in it like if you let them just exist in the board that unit will just like wipe a flank so when that happens <laughs> you need to be like real cognizant of the fact that like hey my game plan's going well i'm doing the killing i'm doing the dying in the right places um it's funny because like in their creation of like a berserker rush army it's not as much a kill all the opponents as it is a die in the right places army and that is really good for when you're like hey, i have limited game time i'm gonna throw a lot of reps into this and as long as i know what i'm doing you know you're in a great position to punish opposing mistakes which is what a lot of that comes down to but yeah 
you the army's not a ton of models it's what like 24 eight bound 25 berserkers were in there under like the 55 model count like you can get out there and get after it you know what i assume to be fairly quickly yeah if you're uh so before we close out that question like yeah if you're one of those gamers who just like loves to spend 10 hours painting a single troop model my honest advice is just be like either don't play hordes or buy a little bit more than you need to buy lower your standards for the army that you actually want to play sometime this century and then buy an extra box of troops or something and paint your heart out with that and then like maybe later on you can go back and like backfill your crappy models with your good models mm -hmm. um yep. but you we only time is you know time and money uh unless you are single and in independently uh independently wealthy like you're gonna have to make compromises somewhere. yeah uh okay so the big question that um sam lemon uh asked which i think is going to take honestly take up a lot of our time uh what up tim and cliff the first thank you for doing the show how do you balance your warhammer schedule with your partner family life what does your family and or partner think about your hobby um this is a really really good one um because i think this is gonna honestly form the heart and soul of this show which by the way uh i think cliff and i have talked about it, but we're not doing this weekly this is going to be like every other week because you know we we, we preach what we what we talk That's about it. um <laughs> I, I i i love warhammer i ain't doing this shit every week sorry um you'll just have twice as many questions so i think the <laughs> biggest thing is um you need to you need to make sure that um you need to make sure that your fundamentals with your family, your fundamentals with your family are, are good. Uh, you got to make sure that you are in a good spot with relationships, with your family, stuff like that. Because uh, if the foundation is shaky, you can't build a house on it. Um, the hobby, by and large, doesn't really matter. Um, I think it's it, it's some, some hobbies can be easier, some can be others. Um, I think the biggest thing is just regardless of what is in the parentheses, when you explain to your significant other, say, hey, when I do X, this is important to me. This is a part of who I am. This is what sparks joy. This is what makes me passionate. Um, they should be respecting that. However, most significant others are also gonna be like, well, is this going to grow outside of its compartment and start taking over the other parts of the pie chart. You need to not just not just say, but you need to take action to show that whatever hobby you're doing is not going to take over your life. Uh, that you aren't going to let your job responsibilities, your family responsibilities, your chores, like simple stuff, like taking out the trash, cleaning, um, <laughs> at your family time, uh, isn't all going to fall by the wayside as this hobby slowly takes over your life. And so sometimes that's going to mean playing a little bit less 40k than you used to. That's going to mean like, hey, sometimes you're going to have to put the battle scrap down and actually have like a freaking conversation with like with your with your significant other or your son or your daughter or that kind of stuff. You know, you at the same time, um, and this is how I do it. We have a calendar. Uh, it's actually right here. Um, we're just it literally has like our schedules it has like my kids schedule and everything like that but it'll actually say like podcast tournament that kind of stuff and as long as you're showing that like hey my life is compartmentalized and within reason none of this is going to flow into the other 
and you are making sure that you are showing that um, the other parts of your life are important. As long as your relationship with your family and your sibling are is healthy, they will respect your compartment as well. And they're not going like, to overflow into it. Hey, they're going to, they'll work with you to let you have your podcast about toy soldiers to let you have some painting time to let you go off and play like practice games or tournament games, stuff like that. You might have to advocate for yourself a little bit. Like, Hey, I can't do it. Remember we talked, I have a practice game today, blah, blah, blah. Um, but as long as there's give and take and you show, don't tell that this isn't going to take over your life. And it is important to you regardless. Well, it could be basket weaving for all I care. If it's important to you and you mean that, but you also show that you're going to have good work-life balance. Um, in a healthy relationship, your significant other will usually reciprocate that. Yep. Yep. Same thing. Uh, I do have this full-time job. It's very demanding. A big team that's grown a lot that I manage. I'm on two boards. I lead one of the committees. Uh, I do executive coaching on the side. Uh, I do this, which is amazing. And then I'm also trying to like paint miniatures and go to five events this year. So like, so it is a lot, but it is possible. I think being this engaged helps you realize how much time during the day gets wasted and being forced to accurately schedule and compartmentalize that and throw it on a calendar so that you and your partner, my partner, like my wife's a surgeon, she's super busy too. Um, like being able to visually see what's going on and see those little parts of the day that are like not taken up that are in fact free that you can take advantage of um, helps a lot. Like they're all about the joint calendar um, and just having like ongoing good communication with your significant other, your family to make sure you guys are on the same page about like priorities. Because uh, sometimes the stuff just has to take a backseat. It is what it is. Uh, and other times you're like, man, like I need a de-stressful two hours. I'm going to like go slap glowing eyes on these Necrons for a couple. Are we good? Great. <laughs> Anthony, you're not so um, like I don't want to leave Anthony out of this because like he has a partner. He's very busy as well because he has a full time job and is also coaching and is also yeah. like a leader on Team USA. Like he's got a lot going on. Yeah, your boy fucked up his time management today. So I worked from six to three, then coached from three to five thirty, then from five thirty till we started this, and then after this I have another coaching game. So we did not do a good job today, but um, I am learning. So for a a small vulnerable moment, I grew up with. Suboptimal parenting is the probably kindest for way to phrase that. Uh, so I am learning a lot as I go. I am 29 and I still don't super have time management down yet. Um, like not well anyway. Um, so I am learning a lot through this process of juggling what is essentially three jobs between coaching my actual like like my, not my it's not anymore a job it just pays more because i work it more but like my it job and like trying to help as much as i can with team usa i am having to learn to like juggle these things on top of like still remaining being a good partner uh like somewhat recently my girlfriend broke her foot so now like she's home so now it's like all right let's make sure that she's good while i'm maintaining all these other things that i'm doing um I've had to like, there's just like not been an option. I've had to just start writing down when I'm coaching because I can't not. Like I will just like miss things or like someone will be like, hey, we want to start now. And I'm like, oh, right, yep. Uh, so I have to like try and like 
find a better system. I think this like written calendar will probably work better than this stupid whiteboard. Like I'm trying my best with this whiteboard, but like I have to like wipe it off. And then I'm like, oh god, that's last week's thing. And then I'm like trying to maintain it, it just doesn't work. So I maybe the paper one will work better. I don't know, like where the uh, I we go. I I swear by the calendar, but I'm I'm very big on on communication and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's kind of. My wife and I always like, you know, uh, she got me, she started talking about like the love language and I was just like, ah, it's just a bunch of stuff that doesn't mean anything. And I, she like, for example, like this is the open talk of relationships. She likes um, like little, uh, they're called acts of servitude, which doesn't sound right. Maybe that's what they're called. I'm, like, I'm, like, oh. I'm aware. I was like, that was it. That was it. I was like, I was like, they could probably come up with a better name for that. But anyhow, you know, like little, little chores, stuff like that. Um, and then I didn't really think about much about it. And then after a few years, you know, we kind of had like some miscommunications, which led to some frustrations. I was like, you know what? I think, uh, cause I just gave her an answer when she asked me, I was like, I was like, I don't know, uh, quality time, whatever. Now I realize it's actually communication. Um, I get very frustrated when, um, when I, for example, if I say, Hey, there's an opportunity here for someone to assume something and miscommunication to occur. And the person's like, nah, it'll be fine. And I'm like, no, you're doing it. And then miscommunication occurs. I'm like, like, why didn't, why don't we, we could have just so skipped this step. So the calendar is good. Um, what I would say for you, Anthony, is something to help me out a lot. And just to the calendar is um, come up with like a priority system and your priority stuff like that is set in stone. And then just kind of like, just kind of have like lower, lower, lower priority stuff. And like the stuff near the bottom, it's like, hey, if you end up ahead of schedule on certain things, go ahead and knock those things out. But if, you know, a little bit of things happen, you get stuck in traffic, a phone call goes longer, a podcast goes longer than you expected, you know, you right. get sick, stuff like that. The only thing you lose out on is the lower priority stuff that could have waited anyways, or just wasn't important. Uh, speaking of, we got like about four questions left because uh, I know that I saw Cliff's wife kind of poked her head in. I know what that means. So we got about four questions left. Yeah, I'm going to zip through them real quick. Uh, so most official ways to get practice games in. Uh, oh, I actually skipped one. I'll come back to that. Most official way to get practice games in. Uh, local team is good. This is also a great time to practice with the clock because um, if you don't set – like the timeout, you'll fill the time and a game that could have been three hours is going to like balloon to five hours. Um, so show up, show up early, have your army ready to go. If you get there before your opponent, just text them, be like, Hey, I'm going to randomly roll mission or whatever, start getting things set up, start staging everything. So that way when they show up, be like, Hey, pick your deployment side. Boom. Let's hit it. It's a great time to practice your clock. Um, so be like, Hey man, um, I'm really kind of, you know, punched for time. Like, you don't really have to abide by it, but, like, you mind if we just play by a clock? That way we can be sure that we're out of here by, like, you know, it's 5 p.m. now. That way we can be sure we're out of here by, like, 8 p.m., 8.30. Most people are usually will be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. That's agreeable. You do that, and then, like, maybe you spend 15 minutes kind of shoot the shit afterwards, like, kind of debrief, talk about what you liked, what you didn't like, blah, 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 but then you're out of there. That's a good way to do it. Um, the other efficient way I would say to get practice games in uh, is decide what you want. Do you want to play full games, like where you want to really see what's going on, where you practice the mid-late game? Or do you want to practice stuff like deployment, first turn staging, second turn, like go turn? If you're trying to do that, just do re-racks. Um, I know people, like, every time we bring up re-racks, there's always, like, that one person that's like, oh, re-racks aren't actually good because blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to that person. They're 
Don't listen to them. Yeah. We were actually really, really good. They just want to do them for a five-hour game. Leave yeah. them alone. Most games are yeah. bad in the no. first three turns, honestly. Like, you don't need to you, play four and five. You could play, like, a three and a half. You could literally play, like, a two-and-a-half-round game, talk out the bottom of turn three, do lessons learned, re-rack it, and then either just go again or have the other person go first, fix your deployment, approach things a little bit differently. Like, especially if it's a new faction, new archetype you haven't played before, haven't played in a while, they've gotten some buffs or whatever. Um, you're not playing full games. You are getting insanely efficient uh, learning value for your time. Uh, let's see. Best way to get significant others in the hobby, travel without making them feel excluded. Um, best group thing events. Group events, travel to destination um, events are good. Yeah, go cool. As far as like the as far as the hobby itself, some people are just not going to get ever get excited about this hobby, no matter what. You know, some people like they might get the models are cool, or whatever. But like some people just don't want to play Warhammer. Some people just don't care about the lore of your dudes. Like maybe they'll humor you a little bit, but like maybe it just doesn't go beyond that. Like if if that's the case, don't pressure them with it you don't, know, don't it. push it don't don't force it you know like let them know the hobby is important to you and as long as they respect like your time and like the stuff that makes you passionate that's fine you know that's that that can be just where it ends um next let's see favorite dad joke Ooh, man i love a good pun i would say any good pun um is pretty good also just the absurd humor that we have in our discord is is pretty damn good yeah, the stat check Discord uh, goes hard on the humor. <laughs> chaotic. Uh, best Father's Day gift you've received? I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but like honestly, like if I just get surprised with a nice dinner, you know, like and it's like something that I like that I didn't ask for, like like a restaurant wise, like that's pretty cool. Um, I'm not used to receiving gifts. I don't ask for gifts ever. So if someone gets me something that like i need and i'm not going to throw away but i just never thought to ask you know like yeah people make jokes about socks and underwear but like that shit is a baller gift my wife took a pottery class and made me up a paint brush holder and like i was like this is amazing thank you so much this is like, little things uh best fatherly advice you received i know there's like probably some like poignant quotes out there or something that like are really powerful and i'm forgetting but like honestly um just i would say honestly like if you were if you were fortunate enough um to have parents who are involved in your life like realize that they are they're humans too they're people too and they're not always going to do things right um so if they do take that if they don't make a note of that and if you had a good father um try to take that and then like take it to the next level and build mm -hmm. on it. If you had a bad father, think about like how that made you feel. Uh, and if you ever have a child, like just, you don't want them to go through that. So now you know like what not to do. If you have, uh, and that's a really cool thing about this community is because like the age bracket is like anywhere from like 20 to like 50. Um, and there, you know, we are getting more female representation in the hobby. But there is a um, a big part of this hobby is learning to be social uh, with other people. And I think there's lots of lots of lots of opportunities to potentially, you know, like find 
father you you can have a father and then still have like friends who are also like somewhat like father figures you know and are good people to like model after you know like yeah. the way people talk the way they treat other people like you can take that and you and like put it in your toolbox of like how you are a parent or even just how you are a good person like having good father skills or having good interpersonal skills will just make you a better person at the tabletop when you're spending three hours across the table from a stranger and it'll just probably just make you like not a piece of shit so i highly recommend it seems good cliff you got anything on that before i go to the next question uh no i mean like if you have kids spend as much time as you can with them realize that they're little humans too they make lots of mistakes who don't really know what's going on in the world give them grace give yourself grace for getting frustrated uh the time goes by really quickly so you know do what you do what you can to be nice to them and gentle with them and spend spend all the yeah. time with them you can yep you can't you can't get that time back um have you seen the menu uh man i have it's on my netflix uh, <laughs> I haven't seen. I've I've seen reviews about it. I don't really care about spoilers. I read spoiler reviews all the time. Like if anything, it makes me more excited. Uh, I'll probably watch it within the next week. Um, what assembled forty k model would be the easiest to eat? Scarabs. I... Scarabs. Yeah. Strong. I'm gonna say haywire. I'm gonna say haywire mines. Uh, from the uh, uh, does that count? <laughs> That's not cheating. Uh, brimstone hearts. Brimstone hearts. Don't. Oh, they're so spiky. Um, although, like, they would—I feel like with like a little bit of sauce, like they have little pockets to like hold like sauce in. So, like, maybe. Yeah. But I'm not. Don't be mad because I'm cheap, just because I answered the question better than you. I bet you could yeah. just model like a Hearthkin warrior now. They're they're pretty rough. I mean, no, I, I mean, don't know. Whenever I think, whenever I think about this, like I always think about I'm like, what could I pass? You know. So like, <laughs> it's got to be rounded. One step ahead. Um, Will I forget to unpin all these after the episode? It's more like, will I stop at these and not unpin all these other people's questions? Ooh. <laughs> favorite, favorite food to grill? Uh, to grill, um, I just I'm I'm simple. I just do burgers and dogs. I do like uh, I do like smoking though. Um, so like a good brisket or a tri tip, um, I'm a big fan of. I'm all, I seem to always fuck up ribs, um, but I do like brisket and tri tip. This is a hot take. Uh, corn on the cob is Ooh. baller that's good. good like very like the best version of that you can get fully support pineapple pineapple is good i right, pineapple oh, uh okay last question uh this will be the last question unless i missed any we might hit some in the comments how much army oh this way anthony isn't this your commission how much how much army hopping is too much army hopping that's a loaded <laughs> question that's a loaded question from your commission guy um <sighs> This is where you kind of go, like, you got to know yourself. It's going to come down to storage, storage time, um, storage time slash time management and your finances. Uh, there's a term called whaling, you know, and you have, like, there are people who just, like, live beyond their means and they buy, like, too many models and too many armies. And, like, maybe everything looks fine on the surface, but, like, they're, it's, the hobby's expensive. GW just announced a 6% price hike. Um, don't. Don't live behind your beyond your beans, man. It's an ex, it was an expensive hobby 20, 25 years ago when I started, and it's only even though they moved plastic, it's somehow only gotten more expensive since then. Um, it is, but most hobbies are expensive. So shit is maybe, maybe, than Europe. Yeah, like I've I've done fishing, I've done motorcycles, I've, I like all hobbies are expensive. I'm not trying to minimize it, you know, but. Uh, know your limits and and be honest with yourself. Um, if you have 
if you have like a problem or potentially developing another problem, you know, like this could impact what I was talking about. Like this could have like an impact on other people if you're not in, if you're not single. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, be honest with yourself if this is getting a little bit out of hand. Like you probably need to like make some changes or take a step back from the hobby. And touch base with your community too. There's people around you that care. So just like use your resources. Yeah. And this is the nice part about having a team too, is like you can just you can just be like, okay, I'm just gonna rent this army and not own it, you know, just borrow it, you know, play a couple I games with it. With the recently. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> but well, there's like like one of my buddy one of my buddies, he has like every single freaking army. And if I kind of like it, I'll just straight up ask him, like, hey man, are you using this army? And he's like, No, what do you need? I was like, uh, I need this, this, and this. And I'll just, you know, between two people, I can build a meta list. I'll play it. I'll be like, Oh, this army is not nearly as cool as I thought it was. And I'll just Correct. give it back. I was like, thanks. Got that on my system. We're done here. Uh let's see. Do you guys do you guys have anything to add on that? Or was I'd say let's go through some of these like questions for like the last 20 no, minutes. Pick uh, like one to three armies was... that you really like, the aesthetic of and you like the playstyle of paint those, keep those, pick up the new shit when it comes out. It'll be good. I think we did it. <laughs> You're right. Jim is here. Jim says, I swear Anthony just made eye contact with me through the screen. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cause some trouble in paradise. All right. Well, uh gents, um, if you don't have anything else to add, I think this is a pretty solid wrap. We're coming in just slightly over an hour and a half. I think that's not too bad. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this in the future, probably every other week. Hey. I don't have like a fancy outbound or plug. So if you guys do, now's your time to do it. Let's, why don't we, uh, Anthony, why don't you uh, start with your plugs first? Oh, no. I am an oh, – there's so many now. I'm an art of war coach. Uh, I do something – I do lots of things with stat check. Uh, check us out. Our Discord's the shit. It's the absolute best. It's undefeated. Uh, literally, if I pick you to win a tournament, you will. Shout out to the Aussies and Jack. Um, the Yeah, subscribe. Click the buttons. Do the things. Cliff will give you a more formal pitch for stat check shit in a second. Um, yeah. Do the, do the stuff. If you want coaching, uh, please, please hit me up. Let me know. Uh, if it's an army that I play, I will guide you along the way. But it's really like coming from my background in martial arts, it's much more important to me that you develop as a player than it is that I get a little bit of money from teaching you. So if it's not something that I'm comfortable with, I will send you to someone that will square you away correctly. So that's my pitches. Um, I did it. Hit us up at stat-check.com. You hit that slash coaching. You hit the coaching. Anis is in there. Anthony's in there. They're amazing players. They'll make it happen for you. Um, Slash meta dashboard. That's where you get the visualizations of performance at five round and 25 plus players every week for the past year running, which is wild. We got like 130,000 games in there. Um, that is about as high quality data as you can find about 40K at a high level uh, anywhere. Uh, hit up goonhammer.com. Our partners, they've got six stats themselves and often have columns written by the stat check folks. We got some by Jeremy in there. Anthony's working on an article coming up, and this is about to hit up Gene Sierra Cults for him. Um, Anthony's World Eaters list is featured in the World Eaters Codex review. Um, and then do all the normal, you know, YouTube stuff like, subscribe, comment. Definitely keep this sort of thing going in the chat. That helps out a lot. But like, absolutely subscribe because it's how we pull the, uh, the attention of Big Daddy GW. Uh, which would let us do significantly, significantly cooler stuff in the future. Um, yeah, we got big plans. Be on the lookout for them. Hit us up in Discord. Peace. Peace.
<laughs> For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com. Thank you.